You are listening to the Manmukti Podcast. This is Kirandeep. On this episode, you'll be hearing a conversation between our podcast host, Drishti, and Dr. Rocky Sen, a counseling psychologist, to ask and answer your therapy-related, frequently asked questions. So I guess the first question is, how does someone know if they need a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or just like a hot shower or a walk in the park? Like, how do they know if they're in need of a professional or in need of professional help? Hi, Drishti. Glad to be here. So great question. Um, so I think the way I would consider that is, you know, I think we talk about and I would say in terms of intensity and duration of your concerns, right? Sometimes you get a fever and you're like, well, let me just lie down and, you know, sleep it off. And then maybe next morning it's fine and it's not a big deal. Or some days you're like, okay, this has gone on long enough and I really need to see if I can go see a doctor, right? So whatever your concerns are, at some point you might want to say, okay, I think I've dealt with it the best I know how. And at this point, it doesn't seem to be making a difference or I've done about as much as I can. And maybe something additional would also be beneficial to me. So I think it's a personal decision at that level. And if you feel like the next thing you want to try is therapy, then that's something to consider. Um, I will take a step back and say, you know, there, there are many options Um, in terms of how we may want to address our concerns. And therapy is absolutely one of them, but I would abs- I would also like to put out there that there's, there's just a variety of options that people can and do consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, these days especially, social media is so full of resources. You know, there mm-hmm. are self-help books, there are social media YouTube channels, people mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of variety and some people may want to start there, for example, because that might just be something that gives them a sense of, is this for me? Does this fit? Yeah. Am I interested? Is this making sense to me? Sometimes it may help give them some insight into whatever they're going through. So I think that's a really non-invasive option. Yeah. It not, doesn't necessarily cost you anything. Do you have any recommendations that are good places to start? See, that that gets tricky because it really depends on what kind of concern mm-hmm. somebody is dealing with and what's relevant to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that in general, the good side is, is that, you know, they're available. You can kind of feel for yourself whether they match your needs and concerns or not. The downside is, not, A, not all courses and not all content creators are equal, you know. I can't speak to whether everybody's qualities are the same level. So I think that's something we do have to look at and decide for ourselves. Like, you know, maybe I'm interested in the topic of relationship advice and there, I can't even count how many people <laughs> there be out there who are pro- right. providing relationship advice. But obviously, if I look through a few options, I might start to gravitate towards one or the other or mm-hmm. a few and say, no, these are the people whose work really speaks to me. And having said that, Uh, it's also true that courses and uh, channels of this nature may not be person specific. They have a lot of good information they can offer you, but they may or may not speak to your very specific situation mm-hmm. or, or your very specific nuances, you know. So if it works, fine, but sometimes that could be a limitation that, okay, I get that this is a general trend, but what about me and my particular? Yeah, like if you want more specific advice for your specific situation. 
Yeah. Um, let's just say, for example, a person is trying to think about how do I come out to my family, for mm-hmm. the sake, you know, and they may not be ready to broadcast that in a very, you know, in a larger format or go talk to anybody just yet. But it may be an easier way to look up information online and just say, what, what do people say about coming out? You know, what are some options they offer? What are the kinds of you know, ways or, you know, techniques or even ideas that people offer about coming out, when to come out, not to come out. Mm-hmm. And you might just look around and see what people have to say. Mm-hmm. And you might like some ideas, you may not like some other ideas. Maybe there's something more detailed that you might want to go into. So it's kind of yeah. picking and choosing your way in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, it also kind of, I guess, helps you feel less alone in the struggle because you see so many other people doing Absolutely. This. Uh, so it, it seems that like you you can like use these resources out there but if you feel like you have a more specific question or you know these these are more general and if you need more like personal help then like seeking a therapist or professional help is better can you talk about the difference between seeking a therapist psychologist or a psychiatrist these terms are like thrown around a lot and I think absolutely. when you're searching for a therapist it can be a little bit confusing yes yes absolutely so let's say you've done all the researching you can and now you're like well okay that was really helpful but I also feel like there's something specific to me that I want to get more support for mm-hmm. and then I want to say okay I want to look at somebody who's going to talk directly to me in my situation now as you said there are lots of different professional designations out there. There are different people with different kinds of trainings, different kinds of licenses, um, and it can be a little confusing. So just to be clear, the, one of the main divisions I want to talk about is any therapist and psychiatry. So psychologist, social worker, marriage and family therapist, counseling psychologist, you know, clinical psychologist. These are all varieties of therapists and psychiatry is a little separate because psychiatrists are the people who prescribe medication. Okay, I see. And I know that sometimes it's very used interchangeably, but I just want to highlight psychiatrists prescribe medication and other therapists are the ones who are more likely to do therapy. Some psychiatrists say that they do therapy. I'm sure they do. But in the generally speaking, psychiatrists will see people for shorter appointments, mostly symptom focused. And then their goal is to prescribe a medication mm-hmm. and go from there. Whereas a, a therapist is going to be more likely about just understanding you as a person. What is What are your strengths? What are your areas of growth? How can you learn new coping strategies? How can you help yourself or understand yourself better and, and grow from where you are in terms of, you know, whatever you're kind of dealing with? Right. Okay. So, so psychologists and psychiatrists can work together. Like they kind of address different parts okay. of the picture. Yeah. But they typically don't address the same part of the picture. Okay. I see. So you're saying like, Sometimes like if you want to see a psychiatrist, like you might go through your therapist to see a psychiatrist if you feel like you need medication, but Mm -hmm. uh, therapists are more for long-term, more personal and psychiatrists are short-term and uh, more for like medication. Okay. And again, I want to be clear, short-term, long-term are relevant. It depends on the situation. Yeah. Because if, if, you know, for certain conditions, you medication may be a long-term option, in which case, you know, you do need to be with a psychiatrist for longer. Um, So it's not exactly the duration, but the type of service. And then one person is going to give you medication and the other person basically won't. And a therapist can recommend a psychiatrist. You can look for a psychiatrist by yourself and just go there. You may choose only to take medication and never engage in Mm -hmm. therapy. So there's definitely different options. Okay. 
And so can you talk a little bit more about how exactly therapy can help someone? Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, a person has tried like the resources, they've read a lot of self-help, they've gone on a walk, they've taken a shower. <laughs> so how like how exactly will therapy help them? Yeah, so largely speaking, um, therapy addresses people how do I put it okay so just to be clear also there are just also lots of different modalities in therapy so there's mm-hmm. individual therapy group therapy there can be family therapy um, you know and people have different training in terms of how they kind of you know there can be social work background they can be marriage and family therapists there are psychologists there are licensed professional counselors um, there's quite a bit of alphabet soup you know in terms of people who provide therapy services mm-hmm. so to the you know and i'm not saying that that one is better than the other it's a question of whose approach suits the concerns that you have mm, okay okay because each of these come has a slightly different training for example uh, you know if, if you look at somebody's profile and let's say i provide individual and couples therapy or i provide individual couples and family therapy so you want to check to see whether their the services they provide are consistent with what you're needing in 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 your life um and then based on that like what can therapy do for you um broadly speaking therapy can one help you develop coping strategies mm-hmm. that may that you may need for a situation that may be new to you or kind of beyond what your capacities have prepared mm. you for you know right. so in some ways it's about you know uh, giving you some coping strategies when you might be feeling short of it okay. another way in which therapy can help is maybe un- help you understand more deeply yourself and your situation more insight you mm-hmm. know so if you understand sometimes like where is this coming from what is the reason that i'm having this particular experience mm-hmm. then that understanding suggests some behavioral or you know ways of responding right to understand what why it's happening yeah yeah so i think both would be the two broadly speaking those categories okay that makes sense it's like when you understand why you might be behaving or thinking in a certain way it's easier mm-hmm. to retrain your mind or like learn how to maybe take healthier choices or action mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay that makes sense and yeah. then also yeah it's like develop better coping strategies for your situation now the caveat here is that rare, therapy is not strictly about giving advice okay you know it's not about telling you what to do mm. it's more about helping you understand what is what are you capable of doing what are your what are, what options are best for you in your current situation okay. yeah i actually i read something the other day about like everyone having different capacities and characteristics so it sounds like you're kind of hinting at that like figuring mm-hmm. out your own capacity and like coping mm-hmm. mechanisms and matching it in a way yeah and i think you know uh, also i think there's also issue of responsibility here mm-hmm. in the sense that if somebody comes to me and says uh okay my relationship is really um you know not so great or i have some trouble tell me if i should break up with this person or not <laughs> right yeah. so um, is it my position to say no please break up with this person or to say no 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 don't break up with this person not, that's not really my say now if there was abuse or if there's some direct health or th- safety threat i mean i think that can influence my response and i would mm-hmm. say well even what's going on this doesn't sound like a particularly healthy or a you know sustainable situation but for the most part i would say well why do you want to stay in this relationship and mm-hmm. why would you not want to stay in this relationship okay and and if you have your 
understanding of your reasoning is clear. Once you understand your own reasoning more clearly, then you can change, make your own choice about which one, which way to go. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So it's like helping the person kind of get a deeper understanding of themselves and like come to the conclusion themselves. You're asking the person questions to get them to come to their own conclusion and make decisions. Yeah. And, you know, I think in one way, one of the things that a therapist or for that matter, anybody has who is outside the situation is they have a perspective that the person in the situation cannot have because you're in it. Right. Right. So as the outsider, a therapist can point out, well, have you considered this issue? Have you considered that point? Or when you said this, I remember you also mentioned that. How do these go together? So it's a way of kind of pointing out the bigger picture, going deeper and having a better sense of, oh, okay, this is why I'm struggling. And, And maybe this is the option. Okay, it might be a difficult decision, but that doesn't mean it's a wrong decision. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I think one other question that's coming to my head now is, I hear a lot I hear this thrown around a lot that like everyone can benefit from therapy or everyone should go to therapy Mm -hmm. are there do you think there's some people that might really not benefit from therapy should everyone really go to therapy so the issue is in some ways I would say yeah sure anybody can uh, benefit from therapy if they want to use it to make for whatever their purpose if they want to understand themselves better if they want to learn some coping strategies if they want to, uh, you know, improve maybe their relationship or their, um, you know, whatever it is that they're looking to do. Mm-hmm. The issue is that they must be open to that process. Right. One of the main places or one of the main reasons therapy wouldn't work is if somebody feels forced into it, you know, including if they feel like they're forcing themselves into it. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, sometimes... Like families, you know, somebody might say, oh, like, you know, okay, what, you know what, this is getting out of hand, you have to go see a therapist. Well, they didn't choose that. And if somebody is forced into it, then they're not going to want to engage. Yeah. Because if you come to a therapist with, from a place of no choice, or from a place of like, you know, I I don't really want to be here, because I have my reservations, but I feel compelled circumstances, whatever, you know, then, then I think it makes it harder to engage in a meaningful way because therapy is a vulnerable process. It's not easy to open up around things that are painful potentially or, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for that to happen, there must be a buy-in. I mean, even in another situation, like you can, you know, you can send somebody to a coaching class or a tuition class, but that doesn't mean they're going to learn anything from that class if they just are forced to show up, you know? Yeah, I guess it almost applies to anything. Like if you force yourself to do anything, even if it's like working out or eating healthy, you're probably not going to reap the same benefits. As yeah. Doing. yeah. Okay. Okay. So I guess once you've talked to your family, you've decided therapy's right for you. Mm-hmm. When you're looking for a therapist or let's say you've had maybe your first session, how do you know if that therapist is the right person for you? Yeah. So here's, again, you know, um, there is not an immediate guarantee that we know that going in, but we can always do our due diligence, so to speak, you know, like, for example, if you want, if you can get recommendations from people you trust, almost like with anything else, right? You know, like, how, how have you found this person? Or do you feel like uh, this has been a good fit? So if you have recommendations from people you trust, that could be a step in the right direction are there like conflicts of interest with that like you know you probably can't see the same therapist as 
Yes, that can be that can be the case, and in which case, again, the therapist should be able to uh, explain a conflict of interest. But but there are ways in which, yeah, you know, um, I've I've heard good things about this person, or um, my friend saw so such and such, and you and my friend don't know each other, but maybe that can be a good match. So again, you know, you have to kind of take that information into account. And yes, it's not probably a good idea for you to see somebody who is seeing somebody that's close to you. Mm-hmm. Partly because if you and that person were to ever have a conflict, then now you're you're going to doubt your therapist's loyalties. <laughs> yeah um but on the other side um you know so generally asking for for recommendations is one step but mm-hmm. also asking yourself what is it that i would feel most comfortable with for example some people might say oh yeah i'm pretty clear i want to talk with a man or you know really i don't feel like i don't i only want to work with a woman so mm-hmm. if you have that sense within you already even if you don't know a particular person but if you have that feel then trust that Okay. And go with that. Okay. If you feel like, oh, you know, having uh, somebody who really gets the South Asian thing would be helpful, then you might want to explore somebody with a South Asian background. Okay. You know, or it could be like, oh my gosh, I have had so much problem with other South Asians. I just <laughs> want somebody who is not South Asian. <laughs> and trust that. Yeah. You know, um, because they're just going to treat me like every other South Asian person has treated me. So if you're not feeling comfortable with that, then you don't have to go with that. Okay. Um, or like, do they work with the types of concerns that you're wanting to address? So for example, if you want to do something, you know, okay, let's just, let's say you want to work on relationship issues and this person is specializes in autism spectrum disorders, let's say mm-hmm. that may or may not be a good fit. So if you know what their specialties are and you know what you're trying to work on, then you want to also see if that, that matches. Okay, so I think one question that I have for that is, I feel like a lot of the time, sometimes with therapy, there's sometimes there are very specific issues, like someone might be struggling with an eating disorder, um, ADHD, mm-hmm. things like that. And then I think there's also sometimes more generalized struggles. Mm-hmm. You, you're not really diagnosed with a mm-hmm. Ill, illness. So how mm-hmm. do you go with that, like when you're looking for a therapist? And I guess, on the flip side, when you are in therapy, Mm-hmm. Do you think like it's smart to sometimes say like, oh, I, I am struggling with anxiety and then like, work on that? Or you just say like, oh, I'm feeling unwell. Like, do you think like putting a label on it is helpful or unhelpful? Um, I think the psychologist answer there is it depends. You know, okay. I think it depends to the, is to the degree that it helps you move your work forward. Okay. If you if you put in a label too quickly, that might leave out things that are also yeah. relevant because you're really only focusing on the label. Okay. If you leave it broad, then you have the option of kind of focusing in together, you know? Okay. And also if you're working with a therapist, you know, there, there is the content issue. Like, do you work with the issues that I'm working I and mean, that I want to work on, but also are you the kind of person I'm comfortable with? Mm, right. You know? okay. So like there are people whose training is that, you know, you're very quiet and you let the, the client do all the talking and you, you say very little. For some people, that's really nice. Good, I can go and just speak and I don't have to listen to somebody talking back at me. It's really good that I have my space. Right. For some people, it's like, I hate it when you're so quiet. I need you to, you know, I want to know what you're thinking. So so depending on their approach and do you feel comfortable, what do you feel comfortable with? Mm-hmm. You know, having as much of an idea as you can and then being able to express that. Yeah. And if you realize that this therapist is doing something that... Um, 
that doesn't make you feel comfortable being able to advocate for yourself and say, you know, hey, I, I mean, I just want to let you know that um, I feel a little awkward when we sit in long silence. Yeah. Can we do something about that? Okay. And the therapist would be able to say, oh, okay, that helps. You know, I can, wh- how would you like to deal with this? And then we can go from there. Yeah. Um, so if you have, if you're not feeling comfortable in therapy, I think it's also important to be able to articulate that. And, and ultimately, and this is something that I feel is very important, that for the work of therapy to be um, successful, it must feel safe. This is, to me, a very important bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think, you know, we can say, oh, they're the therapist, they know what they're doing, I should just sit there and take it. And I should just, you know, yeah. uh, let, yeah. like they're, they're going to run the show, and I have to go ahead and, and go with that. Okay, that could be a starting point. But once you've done that for maybe a session or two, and you're, and you're yeah. not feeling comfortable, yeah. you don't feel quite safe. Mm-hmm. I don't think therapy is going to work very well. Mm. And so if you can say, look, you know, I, I get really com- confused about what you're saying, or, or I had the, somebody say this to me the other day, sometimes I worry you, you hate me. You know? <laughs> oh. And I'm just like, well, okay, if you're worried about that, let's talk about it, because I do need for you to understand yeah. what my reaction is. And, mm-hmm. you know, what makes you think I hate you? Or what am I doing that gives you that impression? Then I, let me then let me address that with you. I feel like that's a huge thing that a lot of people like I, I definitely didn't know that you have to kind of be able to tell the therapist what's working for you and what's not working and it's like if something's not working for you you have the right to say like oh I want something mm-hmm. better or mm-hmm. yeah you don't have to just go with the therapist like they don't run the show like it's your like the therapist is here for you and so you have to kind of do what's going to make you feel good right right and they they may still do what they do and that's how yeah. they work and that'll fit for some people you know mm-hmm. my style may fit for many people but it may not fit for some people so some people might would maybe speaking for myself might just say okay you know what I think I, I need somebody who doesn't talk as much well in that case I'm going to try and be less talkative okay right? I can try to do that but that may not be enough for them and they might just say okay you know we've given it quite a shot I think somebody else might still be a better option in which case I would be absolutely you know yeah. how yeah, I can even try to find somebody for you or refer you to somebody who might be Okay. a better fit for you so it, it seems like it's coming down to like like part one is like advocating for yourself on what you need mm-hmm. like working on that with the therapist it's like almost like your relationship with the therapist like making sure that that's good and yeah. then if you feel like it's not really working out after you've advocated and you guys have communicated on it then mm-hmm. you know like maybe finding another therapist based on I would say part one is knowing what fits for you yeah okay That's the basis on which you advocate for yourself. That's the basis on which you decide to continue or not continue. So really knowing what works for you and feeling like you have the right to that. Right. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that when I first started therapy. And I think culturally too, you know, I think this is just something that I, I encounter frequently where in the South Asian cultures, we tend to have a certain um, attitude towards authority. Right? Yeah. 
So if it's an elder or a professional or, or a teacher or whoever, you know, like we go, okay, you know, what you say goes because you're the one in charge and I'm here to be kind of your student or I'm here to be your patient or I'm here to be the kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so I think we can translate that attitude and bring it into therapy, which would not at all be surprising because we have a lot of training in doing that. Um, but the issue is not just that, it's about feeling safe. Mm-hmm. So if the therapist does things that you end up not quite feeling safe, if you're biting your tongue, if you're walking on eggshells, if you feel like, oh, if I say the wrong thing, they're going to judge me, or, you know, they probably think I'm an idiot. Like if you're worried about those things, then yeah. it's really important to sort it out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to become really hard to do the hard work of therapy. Right. Yeah, I feel like it kind of always just comes down to knowing knowing what you want and what you need. Let me follow up on what you just said. Um, it boils down to knowing what you know and what you need. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the part of what the therapist can do for you is help you figure that out as well. Oh, yeah, because it's like trial and error. It's yeah, because sometimes it, it feels unfair. Like, okay, so I come to you with the full understanding of everything that I want. Then what do you support? You know? Yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah. So, so it can be a collaborative process. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine. I think you asked earlier, like, to have not to put a label and be broad. That is okay. Because maybe I really don't know what I'm exactly needing or wanting. I just know that something doesn't feel right. That's as much as I know right now. Yeah. But I, but I don't exactly know what, what I need to do. That's okay. And the therapist can be there to help you narrow it down or, or you know, kind of figure out the nuances and so on. Um, but in that process, if you don't feel safe, if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel like this person respects you or they're going to really listen and, and take you into account, um, then it's useful to kind of bring that up and sort it out. Yeah. So I I think one other thing you touched on, like, yeah, you can be very broad with with what the difficulty you're having is. So that means that you don't have to have like a diagnosed mental illness to want to go to therapy. Anyone can go to therapy. Mm -hmm. I do like that's a huge one where I feel like I felt a lot at the beginning, like I had to have like some sort of Mm -hmm. written on paper, like this is what I'm struggling with. And so I'm going to therapy. Like it doesn't have that black and white what you're saying more personal growth is a very very valid reason for being in therapy and maybe this is a place for me to talk a little bit about sort of what I call the medical model of therapy versus the educational growth model of therapy you know Um, because I think we are in a system that I think is approaching therapy from a very medical model Mm -hmm. understanding like you know there's a diagnosis there is a disorder there's an illness and then therapy is like a dosage you know (laughs) you know when we if somebody were to say here take this pill three times a day for two weeks and you're good Mm -hmm. they almost want something similar with therapy like you know so um, be in therapy for 12 sessions and every week and that's your dose so that's like each time you're taking as if you're taking a pill for Mm -hmm. and that's and once you know that, okay, the, this course is, is um, three weeks or, you know, six weeks long, and then you're done. Yeah. Now, some therapy can work like that if it's a manualized approach and there's a very clearly structured pattern to how everything, each session is very clearly structured. This is what we do in this session and then this session and then this session. And there are some approaches that have that very structured kind of an approach to that. Um, in my experience, that's, but that is not the only approach. 
you know for some time for some people in from many situations um it's more a process of discovery than a process of right. fixing okay healing is not the same as fixing healing is yeah. not even the same as curing healing is growth healing is you know a, a much kind of a much larger process like fixing is more of your you're like putting a bandaid on your wound it's much more targeted okay you know and healing is more holistic is that kind of a way to yeah i think that's a fair way to say it i think i'm trying to find the words uh, to to say it more broadly but i think that's a good way to put it like i think okay. healing is a more holistic term and and you know fixing or curing is a lot more about a particular symptom yeah. or maybe a particular behavior so, so so yeah so i guess that that kind of leads into one misconception i wanted to discuss which is therapy can't necessarily like fix you or can it well i will say it this way from my perspective people um don't need fixing they need they need support and and acceptance with being who they are to the best of their capacities right yeah. we're not all the same and i don't think we can be mm-hmm. um and we have different strengths and we have different um you know limitations and and how can each of us do our best with what we have yeah and therapy so, will help you kind of uncover that right and you know not to say symptoms don't matter not to say that if somebody has let's say pretty severe ocd that we're we're going to not pay attention to that i mean that symptom does need to be managed because it is you know affecting their quality of life it's affecting their ability yeah. to do things so of course we need to address the symptom but when you work with a person rather than a symptom then i think we're not talking about fixing a person we may want to fix a symptom mm-hmm. to the extent we can but i don't i personally don't think of my work as fixing a person yeah okay so so it's like you're going to therapy to heal yourself which is overall very holistic and in the process some symptoms that you're having can be fixed so that's kind of like through the process of healing symptoms can be fixed mm-hmm. okay yeah. the goal and, is and that, yeah and i think i want to step back and say a lot of what we are talking about right now is more at a philosophical level <laughs> so true. this is not exactly a very we're not talking technically we're not mm-hmm. talking you know this is what happens in therapy this is more philosophical you know okay. like what is my approach like my approach is more about how can we enhance your quality of life you know okay and ha- and what what can be the 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 best quality of life that you can have it doesn't automatically mean that you know your symptoms will all disappear or you will never feel sad again or you know like we can't guarantee those things but what gives you the option to live up to your potential and and you know yeah. do what you want to and and move through life because you're a better person pretty much yeah yeah i mean you know have have the experience well, so this is you're talking about things that are not very again concrete you know okay. it's a lot more philosophical so um i think then moving on like one other misconception um i wanted to address is like will someone ever be like done with therapy how would they know if they're done or is it lifelong like how do you know um absolutely people are done with therapy mm-hmm. um in the sense that i think when you come in with a particular level of distress or a particular topic that you're trying to address mm-hmm. you know i think over time and and in some ways you're the best judge of that mm-hmm. um, 
that when you feel like okay you know what i i just i'm just coming here and i'm like i don't have anything much to say i think that's a pretty good <laughs> that's a pretty good <laughs> indication that maybe you don't need therapy right now mm-hmm. and one way in which you know i think we have we as a profession will will say is that uh, or i in my professionally I, i have said this to clients is that um i have succeeded when i no longer feel useful to you mm, okay as in um, you gain what you came for you feel like you have your you know you feel uh, complete or you feel like there's no urgency there's not this thing that is lacking and you feel like okay and and maybe you know down the road something else comes up or another time you might go oh wow i i feel like i need some more you yeah. know help for right now mm-hmm. and then that could be a different time in a different situation but but i think people come to a place of okay i feel like i got what i need and then i don't i, I mean mm-hmm. usually that's what i've seen in my experience is that yeah. people kind of get to a place where they kind of feel like Okay, okay. I think I can take a break or some people will talk about graduating from therapy. <laughs> like I've graduated from That's therapy. a nice way to put it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um it's like the opposite what you said is like I know I've succeeded when you don't need me anymore. That's like the opposite of I feel like a lot of the I don't know, maybe this is also philosophical, but like a lot of it's like uh pharmaceutical the industry mm-hmm. is like you kind of they say like you they want you to take the medicine over and over again. So it's like the opposite like you don't want the patient to need you. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's it's also another one. Now, I personally have no expertise in in evaluating medication and all of those mm-hmm. things, but I do feel it's the way I look at it is like for example, um, you know, I I didn't used to wear glasses and now I wear glasses. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and there was a period in between where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to wear glasses. I hit that, you know, and I started getting reading glasses and like if I can make it make do with reading glasses, I won't actually have to wear glasses mm. all the time. And so finally I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to get glasses and I get <laughs> glasses. Now yeah. I can't not wear my glasses. Yeah, okay. Right? So it depends on the situation, it depends yeah. on what you're taking medication for and what it's helping you with, right? Yeah. Sometimes um if you're going to stay with the glasses analogy um i think a friend of mine mentioned that you know her son had something about one eye was stronger than the other right mm-hmm. so he needed to wear glasses to compensate and make the uh, both eyes equally strong mm. so in theory once both eyes are equal then he can stop wearing glasses because it'll have you know the, yeah. the problem has been managed yeah So in that sense the glasses are a, are a temporary measure so that you can get to where you need to be right okay. now in my case glasses are not a temporary measure <laughs> and i need to wear them because i see them i see yeah. right when i wear my glasses mm-hmm. and i also cannot say to myself oh i'm i'm seeing really well right now so i don't need glasses anymore yeah so i'm seeing properly because yeah. i'm wearing my glasses okay so it's like very much dependent on the the situation the person there's like a variety of circumstances yeah and what what there are situations where medication may be a yeah. short term fix just to kind of get you through a situation and then you can move on from there some places it might be an as needed like when i'm when i was wearing my reading glasses like i only need them when i'm reading yeah so it solves that, that problem but i don't don't need them other times mm-hmm. and but i will need them when i'm reading mm-hmm. and now it's like okay you know what if i'm doing it pretty much anything i'm going to have to wear my glasses yeah okay that makes sense i feel like that 
that's a good way of kind of reducing stigma around medication as well. Um, okay, so I guess the last question just to kind of wrap up was, how would you help a friend? Like we've kind of talked about family and yourself, but let's say you have a friend that's struggling a lot with their mental health, you can tell. Mm-hmm. How would you help them if you can tell that they might need therapy or just overall help? You know, I think this is a delicate uh, issue. And, and always I think we want to be receptive, accepting and understanding. Mm-hmm. So we want to just say, okay, you know, help me understand what you need. Mm-hmm. And not to assume that everybody already knows what they need. Again, this is that thing about if you if I knew everything, I don't need anybody to help me with it. I would have just yeah. it by myself. That's not what I mean. I think somebody might just be like, you know, um, I'm just feeling really down these days. Okay, is there anything I can do? And mm-hmm. you know, but let them take the lead because you remember, as I said, forcing anybody into anything is counterproductive. Right. Okay. So even if you as a friend have a lot of compassion and a lot of desire to help, hey, let me get you to a therapist you have to assess whether they're ready for that. So, so it's almost like as a friend, you, you stay one step behind or once or at their level, not get ahead of them. Okay. So if you're noticing them struggling, I think we've, we've had this part of this conversation before too, which is, you know, Hey, I'm noticing that you're different than you've been before. You don't smile as much, or I've noticed that you don't return my calls or, um, I don't see you after work anymore, or we haven't had a chance to, you know, uh, do our usual activities together. Yeah. So, you know, you're kind of missing, you know, I feel like I miss you, what's going on? So you, yeah. you can state your concern, you can state why you're concerned, not point any accusing fingers, but yeah. again, state why you might be concerned. Right. So it's- and, and invite them to say, you know, if they're struggling, or if they need something, to the best that level that they can, what can you can you articulate what you need and how can I be a part of that? Yeah, I feel like this kind of goes back to what we discussed in the trauma episode where exactly. it's like trying to help the person mm-hmm. come to the conclusion themselves, just point out different things that you're noticing and come exactly. from a place more of concern rather than like stating explicitly like, oh, I think there's a problem here because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that can have negative implications right. as well. Right. Okay. Um, I think that, do we, did you want to add anything else on this topic? Well, I think, uh, Dishti, you know, just talking about uh, therapy and, and who needs therapy and how we can, you know, advocate mm-hmm. ourselves to get therapy in our family or how to, you know, behave or what we need to expect of ourselves when we're in therapy. I feel like we covered a lot of ground and it may be <laughs> yeah. scattered, but I think we covered a lot of ground. And I think the bottom line here is to acknowledge that therapy is a pretty person-specific experience. There are a lot, there's a lot of variety in, in what's available, in what people need and what fits for what people need. Mm-hmm. So it's really not a one-size-fits-all. Right. And just to acknowledge that your experience in therapy may not look like my experience in therapy, and it, it's not fair to expect that it does. Mm-hmm. So really... Um, approach this from a place of open-mindedness and curiosity and and but also from a place of I should be able to get what I what fits for me what feels safe for me in order for this to be productive so this is not as concrete and as 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 targeted as another topic might be that we end up discussing another day but um, but even though it's a little bit more diffuse 
the idea is that there isn't a one size fits all and, yeah. and maybe we need to be open to that possibility yeah yeah i think that's probably the main takeaway from this is that therapy isn't a one size fits all like you really have to understand what you need or use therapy to help yourself find what you need and it's a lot of trial and error so i think that's a really good message that we've sent i, I want to call it collaborative versus trial and error okay yeah <laughs> collaborative <laughs> help. use the resources use the therapist to help you heal and what, what was the thing you said it was like heal is healing is more holistic grow like healing versus fixing yeah and then we get into the philosophical stuff okay <laughs> okay i think that's a good place to end um mm-hmm. okay you know Dishti, one of the things that i wonder about in terms of misconceptions about therapy is that it's not a process that is very accessible to people Mm -hmm. because it happens in very confidential settings and because of confidentiality we don't get to ever talk about what we say to our clients you know other Mm -hmm. than very very, um, limited examples so a lot of the time I think what people believe about therapy comes from the media Mm -hmm. and unfortunately most media representations of therapy are not very favorable right so I think therapists are often presented as incompetent humorous you know <laughs> as a butt of jokes um yeah. or they're unethical and in that sense dangerous so mm-hmm. uh, you know so so i think that's just important to know that our our uh ideas about therapy gleaned from media need to be very very carefully filtered because most of that is done for dramatic and sensational uh purposes not to really represent what therapy is like right so, so being aware that the media isn't everything. The no, take that as a large pinch of salt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a that's a good one to keep in mind as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We love having Dr. Sun on the podcast so much. And we actually have another episode coming out with her soon on body image. So be sure to be on the lookout for that one. Also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and rate review and share the episode. You can also visit our website, manmukti.org, for more information. And if there's any topic or guest speaker you'd like to hear, send us a DM on our Instagram or comment on our social media posts. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We really hope this podcast helped you in some way, shape, or form.